athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked into the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a jam-packed show today for you, and I'm telling you what, I mean jam, jam, packed today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. A couple of things that I want to get to on the program. Um, I want to talk about this NBA situation, and, and more specifically, well, Daryl Morey, who started this whole NBA situation where uh, now... The now China companies are pulling sponsorships, are canceling events, etc. This is a really, really, really big deal, and uh, I, I really have some thoughts on that. And we're going to get to that today here on from the press box to press row. Got some thoughts on the Washington Redskins, and by the way, isn't it unfortunate the way that or, or where the Redskins organization is considering? What's going on in Washington right now in terms of its professional sports teams? A lot of really good things going on right now. And um, uh, the Redskins just messing it all up uh, for Washington. But, you know, May, it, it, Jay Gruden is gone. If you hadn't heard, Jay Gruden no longer the head football coach of the Washington Redskins. The sad thing about it, it's not even Jay Gruden like Jay Gruden isn't really even the problem the the problem is much deeper than Jay Gruden although I think uh, Callahan coming in really is I, I think that's a good move and maybe it's a more permanent move for the Redskins moving forward um, and, you know I just think it's a shame that you're talking about your pro your professional franchises uh, a lot of which are doing very well right now and the Redskins, which runs Washington, is just pitiful right now. So I have some more thoughts on that today also. Joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Buddy Pugh is in his 18th, count them, 18 seasons as the head football coach at South Carolina State. He's going to stop by the program. The Bulldogs got a big game against Florida A&M on Saturday in Orangeburg. Also had a chance to catch up with Javon Hargrave, the starting nose tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. I'm going to replay part of the interview that uh, we had with Javon Hargrave in his fourth season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and maybe you had a chance to listen on our website at BoxerRow.com from last week. It was part of our uh, HBCU football daily podcast, which by the way is still in full effect. 
Log on to BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com to get your fix of all things HBCU football. You can either download the podcast or listen to it right online at BoxToRow.com. I mean, so many things to get to today on the program. As a matter of fact, I also want to talk about the North Carolina Central and Bethune-Cookman game, which was played Thursday night on ESPN. You got some thoughts about that game as well and you know where the landscape is in terms of the MEAC. Um, the Boxer Row National Game of the Week is, in fact, Florida A&M and South Carolina State. A lot of games in Week 7 that you could really point to. That is the Box to Row National Game of the Week. Your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number 2, R-O-W. If you want to hit me up personally, you can. My Twitter account and also my um, Instagram account is dware one dware one Thank you to all the great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. For instance, KTTP out of Alexandria, Virginia carries the program. How about WNAA out of Greensboro, North Carolina carries the program. KALU in Langston, Oklahoma carries the program. How about WLBG? Out of Lawrence, South Carolina, covering that Greenwood, Greenville, Spartanburg area, carries the program. Thank you to those that listen to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Listen, uh, the Redskins are in really, really bad shape right now. you got a couple of different dynamics that are going on right now. Um, you have the Dwayne Haskins situation. Um, you know, a lot has been made as to whether the Redskins and even more specifically Jay Gruden uh, decided to groom this young man. He he was drafted. And then you got a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, it's a situation where where Daniel Snyder apparently is now uh, back into the mix in terms of some of the things um, that he wants with respect to the Redskins. He had stepped out. Uh, for a couple of years, but now he's back. And as a matter of fact, um, been reported that uh, it was he that wanted Dwayne Haskins and ultimately the Redskins drafted Dwayne Haskins. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is ready. Like everything that you read and that I've heard about in terms of even before the draft, you know, that's why when the Giants selected Daniel Jones, a lot of people were like, what? But I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, he's still a rookie, but he's showing some wares. He, he certainly and, and it was a different situation. Dwayne Haskins came in in relief a couple of weeks ago, obviously threw three interceptions uh, in that ball game, and he didn't play well in the preseason either. So whether Gruden was grooming him or not, I mean, there are some indications to say that, in fact, he wasn't ready. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, interesting that the the Redskins decided to start Colt McCoy, um, although, um, you know, I mean, I I guess they didn't really have a choice um, if Case Keenum was injured, uh, as they said he was injured. They said he was in a boot, and then ultimately uh, Dwayne Haskins is not ready. But to me, and he definitely had uh, a a more than sub-500 record did Jay Gruden, but he did 
make the playoffs one year. He had some, you know, he had like some seven and nine records. He had uh, seemed like a, maybe a nine and seven record. So, I mean, he, he, he wasn't great, but this is the deal. Like he's not the problem. I mean, I hate to admit this and, but I, I really do believe that um, when you're talking about the Redskins, I think the general manager um, and then ultimately Daniel Schneider are the problem. I, I've never really said that because when I've looked at Daniel Schneider, I've looked at him as a guy. He's made some blunders like let's take it back a ways. Let's take it back to when the Redskins hired Marty Schottenheimer. They started the season out 0-5, ultimately went 8-8. Eight and eight. That means in their last 11 games, the Redskins won eight games. That's pretty good. You think, okay, we have something uh, something going on moving forward. Instead of just writing that out, Daniel Snyder opted to bring in Steve Spurrier, who was the hottest coach at the time, ultimately brought him in, and that was um, a disaster. The Redskins ultimately went back um, to, to Joe Gibbs, and that turned out to be okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but it, it was it was better. It definitely was better. Jim Zorn. I don't I don't even understand the hire of Jim Zorn made absolutely no sense. Um, and, and then we go from then you have, um, you know, Mike Shanahan comes in. I mean, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, you know, and he made the playoffs one year. His whole handling of RG three. Didn't go well, and then ultimately they came to Jay Gruden. But the one common denominator, and remember, this is a Redskins team uh, organization. When you're talking about the 80s, one of the best teams in the 80s, and then in the early 90s won another Super Bowl. They won three Super Bowls within a um, you know, within a, like an eight or nine year period. I mean, that's really really saying something. And to, then to go from that to where you are now, where you've had a whole bunch of teams that have come up and have done well, even teams that weren't very good that have, have gotten better. You know, it, 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 it goes back to the front office, to the front office. It's definitely a front office situation with the Redskins. Um, they, they, you know, they, they do things that don't make sense a lot of times. Um, and it's just a really bad situation in Washington, I think Callahan coming in because I also read some reports where uh, Gruden w- w- was was sort of a loosey goosey, if you will, type of environment there where, you know, he definitely was a player's coach. And then when Callahan comes in, it's pretty much a whole different situation. Callahan, an excellent offensive line coach. Um, he's been a head coach. He was a head coach at Nebraska. You know, he I think he was a head coach with the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. So he has some head coaching experience. And, you know, I don't know if he's the long term solution going forward. I think he definitely is a guy that's going to come in. I think, you know, obviously the Redskins have Miami uh, on Sunday. Uh, Miami is 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 maybe worse, uh, maybe worse than the Redskins. But it's just a bad situation in Washington. Um, And I know. You know, I'm a, obviously I'm a Skins fan. If you've listened to this program for any number of years, you know that um, the folks in Washington deserve a winner, especially when the, like the city shuts down for the Redskins. And you look at the last couple of years, like for all of those years, Redskins games were sold out. I believe since like 1966 or 1967 up until last year. 
where it wasn't sold out. And now you have a situation where you can look at any given game. 30% of the people in that stadium are going to be cheering for the team that Washington is playing on that day. It has really, really gotten that bad. So I hope, you know, it's just, it's it need, they need a culture change. I know they've been talking about, you know, there's been some talk about Mike Tomlin coming in, like, I mean, you know, and, and maybe trading for Mike Tomlin. Like, if you're Mike Tomlin, why would you want to come to Washington? I think Mike Tomlin's one of the best head coaches. You know, maybe he has run his course a little bit there in Pittsburgh, our listeners that listen to us on WGBN, because it's not very good for Pittsburgh right now. And the Steelers haven't won a Super Bowl since going back to, what, 2009? They've been, but they haven't won a Super Bowl. So, you know, they made the playoffs, but, you know, maybe his course is run in Pittsburgh. Who knows? But I don't know why he would want to come to Washington. South Carolina State head coach Buddy Pugh still to come and more from the press box to press row on the other side. Box to Row.com website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Row.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches bowls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. You want to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, a conversation with Steelers starting nose tackle Javon Hargrave. Also still to come here on the program, South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh. I want to talk about the NBA situation with respect to China. And if you hadn't heard, there was a tweet sent out by Rockets general manager Daryl Murray in support of Hong Kong in its fight uh, in the protests that are going on against China. So Daryl Murray sends a tweet out in support of Hong Kong. And I mean, let's start there. He had no business sending the tweet out. I mean, a, a lot of time with the way that social media is and I and I'm off, you know, it, it's all freedom of speech is is all good. Like that's that's fine. But it can go a little bit far and it's gone way too far with respect to Daryl Murray. Murray. Further just because you think something doesn't mean the whole world needs to know about it. Like we use Twitter, we use Facebook, we use it to rant and all of those kind of things. And this is a situation to me where keeping it real goes wrong. And when you're talking about international relations and you're talking about a 
government like China, a totalitarian government. Um, I mean, you have to be very careful, especially with the NBA in the interests that it has in China. I mean, really, to be, I mean, the United States has plenty of interests uh, in China as well. You want to criticize something here in the United States that's happening. I mean, that that's cool. I mean, your freedom of speech, but it doesn't you have the freedom of speech, but it doesn't extend beyond the borders of the United States, especially when you're talking about a country like China. I mean, again, social media has gotten a lot of people in trouble and Daryl Morey's tweet has gotten the NBA in trouble. Now, I realize that the NBA is in such a situation because when you look at the NBA and a lot of the stances that the NBA has taken, it's been very supportive of players. You can look at, I mean, one of the first things that Adam Silver did um, was to ban Donald Sterling for life from, I mean, he was the owner of the Clippers. Think about that because of the ins- not not even insensitive uh, comments that he made, straight racist comments that he made. It was he, he, he got banned. So I get it. You try to support Daryl Morey. But I mean, at the end of the day, you when you're the NBA, a general manager, I mean, this wasn't a player that said this. This wasn't a coach that said this. This was a general manager, upper management. Like, like when it comes to public relations and you're a general manager, I mean, that's like he should have known. But I'm not even sure what possessed him to, in fact, do that. Talk with your family about it. Talk with your friends about your thoughts. You cannot put everything on social media. Now what it's causing It's causing the NBA to lose money. It's causing players to lose money. Some of these players have deals with respective sponsors or companies in China. Remember, China is a totalitarian government. So it doesn't matter. Like the the businesses in China aren't, I mean, they're in essence essentially owned by the government. Like they don't have a say. I mean, I don't know if the respective businesses wanted to pull out of NBA interest or or what have you. But you best believe the government um, more so told them to do so. And what choice do they have? I mean, that's the type of government that it is. China is not a democracy. It is a totalitarian government. Um, It didn't care what the people wanted in China. Like, that's not what it was about. It wasn't about the people in China. Um, You know, I mean, if anything, um, the benefit to to either side was more so to the NBA and maybe to a larger degree, the United States with a little bit of goodwill, because there, I mean, you have there's there's bad blood between and has been for quite some time between China and the United States. So you can't you know, you just you know. You can't just say what you want to me. It's like a parent who allows their child to do something. The child has been wanting to do. And as soon as something goes wrong, the parent says, see, and starts pulling it. That's the, that's the deal we have here between 
uh, China and the NBA. It's, I don't. Who knows if China if it's what China wanted? But the people. I mean, sometimes I guess they do listen to the people. But as soon as something bad goes wrong, they said see, and then it all shuts down. You want to criticize something? How about President Trump pulling troops from Syria and Turkey has now launched attacks on Syria, the same country that had helped the United States fight ISIS? That's something to criticize. You want to criticize something? Criticize that. The NBA can stand behind Maury all at once. The damage is done. And how do you recoup losing that kind of money i thought i saw somewhere where it may be like potentially three billion dollars like where do you recoup that obviously it's going to be strong here the nba is going to continue to be strong here it's not going to affect here but but that's been the whole thing like the nba has been reaching out internationally china africa etc and now you have a situation where all of i mean the damage is done all of that is is undone you best believe the united states uh the government more specifically is going to be monitoring that closely and this is a situation where sports becomes real life an unbelievable tweet by the general manager of the houston rockets has caused all of this uproar and it's a bad situation you had where the what the Lakers and the Nets were over there playing. I mean, it was it was a bit of a surprise that that game even went on. And I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe this is one of those short term deals where maybe it's in the moment right now and we'll see how things play out down the road. Maybe things will get better. I don't know. I don't I doubt it. I I mean, you know, there's going to have to be some serious talking going on between China and the NBA and Adam Silver. And I mean, I don't know if Daryl Morey has to be the sacrificial lamb. I mean, he, 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 I mean, you know, he, I mean, I, you know, in, in the NBA, the thing about it, they're sort of walking it back. They're trying to, you know, he's, Adam Silver's trying to walk a fine line between supporting Daryl Morey and, uh, and, and the business relationship that the NBA has with China. But I don't know if you can walk that back. I think, you know, there has to be some reprimand and who knows just because Daryl Morey, um, I mean, Daryl Morey is, you know, and, and the thing about it, like Daryl Morey is, he's not, he's not Adam Silver. So, I mean, I, I think China was just looking for something uh, where they could say, again, the parent to the people, uh, the parent to the child in this case saying, not nah, see, we're taking this away from you because does does China really need the NBA? Ask yourself that question. And if the answer to that question is no, and it is, then, you know, how do you repair that relationship? Does uh, the NBA ultimately go on in China? Is this something more short term or is this going to be a long term deal? Your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter at Boxtero, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X. The number two, R-O-W. Let me switch gears. Had a chance to catch up with Javon Hargrave, the starting nose tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, formerly of South Carolina State, superstar player. And uh, we had a great conversation. Can you speak to that in the season that you had in 2018, your best uh, as a professional? I mean, it was, it was a great year for me. Um, 
I like to say it was my coming out party. So it's just, um, I mean, I knew I could do it, but just to be able to do it is just a great feeling, um, just to show everybody uh, what I can produce um, in this league. But it's just, it just really made me hungry because now it's just more of can I do it again and um, can I have a season like that again and can I be better than I was last year. So it was a really um, make that challenge for me even bigger this year and got me working harder than ever to, uh, just to show again. Javon Hargrave, fourth year in the National Football League, all with the Pittsburgh Steelers, starting nose tackle, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We've been hearing a lot, and, and I'm glad I have you to ask you this question directly about, you know, Antonio Brown and how much the locker room has changed so far uh, this year. It's a lot better. Is that, in fact, the case? I wouldn't say much, anything to do with, uh, with him. It's just we uh... – we just, I think we were just really focused on, we just, everybody, I think everybody real close right now. And, uh, just even when we we was on that losing streak, everybody keep encouraging each other and just more of a family oriented. And we don't point fingers at each other and we just embrace everything together. So now I'm not going to say um, anything doing towards him. I think last year just taught us just um, how to be a better team, um, be better teammates for each other. So we just, we're a close group trying to put on for it. Yeah, no question about it. A couple of more thoughts with Javon Hargrave of the Pittsburgh Steelers who joins us here on the program. Uh, not that long ago, you were at South Carolina State, as I mentioned, two-time uh, Willie Davis Boxer National Defensive Player of the Year. What do you remember about those uh, those days at South Carolina State? Man, it was just so much fun, man. I just uh... – Look at them now. Just, just bring back so many memories. Just, uh, just, just dominating, man. Just having a lot of fun with my teammates, man. It's just, it was a credible time. Um, I, I try to get back whenever I can and go visit them and just come to the games because it was just that's where I grew up at, and that's what kind of made me who I am today. Just going through the things I went through there. So it was just, it was just, I don't know. It was a joy. I call all my old teammates like Darius and just anybody around there all my old teammates Antonio and them just we just reminisce about them days at South Carolina State so I just I miss it <laughs> I, really, I really appreciate it and really miss it right now um but yeah it's, it's it was great it was great I had a lot of fun there. a lot of good games a whole lot of really good games for Javon Hargrave while he was at South Carolina State if you go back to last Friday's HBCU Football Daily Podcast, you can hear that interview in its entirety. Speaking of South Carolina State, up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, head football coach of the Bulldogs, Buddy Pugh. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The South Carolina State Bulldogs playing some very good football right now. Got a home match on Saturday against Florida A&M in his 18th season as the head football coach of South Carolina State is Buddy Pugh, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. How are you, Coach Pugh? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. When I say 18 seasons, does it feel like that? No, uh, it, it really doesn't. And this team's been one of our better teams, both the way they handle themselves. It's, it's just been a fun outfit to work with, so it really makes it seem like just yesterday that we got started. Yeah, now you were set to retire um, after the end of last season. What ultimately led you to come back? 
tried to win a few more games uh, more than anything else, and uh, just not re- not just being ready to uh, retire. So, uh, you know, we talked it out. The university felt like it'd be best for me to come back. And, you know, if you got an employer who wants to keep you going and you kind of want to keep going, then you sort of agree. So at that point, we decided we keep it working. Yeah, no question about it. And, of course, right now you're tied with Willie Jeffries for the most wins in the history of the school. You're an alum. He's an alum. Um, you know, what does that what does that mean to you to be tied right now and on the verge of, 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 of not, for lack of a better word, besting Willie Jeffries in terms of the all-time wins in South Carolina State history? Well, it, it means that we've had a lot of, great relationships, a lot of friends, a lot of help. And uh, you get back to all of the different players that you've had and assistant coaches, you know, even administrators and people that have been involved in your program. It's just been a wonderful experience, Donald. And uh, I don't know if I can actually say that I deserved having this opportunity for as many years for as long as I've had a chance to to uh, do what we've, been, what we've been doing here. You know, what does Willie Jeffries say to you? I mean, you know, you, you played for him. Like, you played for him at South Carolina State. Well, what well he, yeah. Coach and I are so close, though, until, you know, he's all in. You know, he's pulling for me. He's pulling for us. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, some of the situations that he had you know, when he had the success that he had over the years. You, you, you have so many great relationships with all your assistant coaches and, and, and the families of your coaches, you know, the fans. You know, everybody's invested. And it's not really Coach Jefferson's record or uh, Buddy Pugh's record. You know, it's the program, you know, under their direction more than anything else. And the fact that, you know, that we've got all these great relationships is probably what's uh, the most gratifying part of it all. Your time as a head coach um, on the high school level, and then I know you were at South Carolina State as an assistant, but also as an assistant at the University of South Carolina. How did that help to prepare you for really where you are now? Uh, well, you just you, you emulate a lot of what you see. You take a little bit of of, of all of the programs that you've been a part of, as you go about, you know, putting your own program in place. So, you know, I can tell you that I'm a little bit of of, of Willie Jeffries. Uh, Dick Sheridan, my high school coach, uh, was the head football coach at NC State. My high school quarterback was the head coach at NC State. Uh, uh, I played for Coach Jeffries at Ori Banks. I played with and for so many other people that have been involved, you know, in the game that way, you know, doll, it's a little bit of all of them. And, and that's just how it works. I think you, you know, you, you, you see people do things and you like some things they do and you don't like something. We all eventually put our own little spin on things, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's you just so uh, it's lucky to have an opportunity to run into all these great people who've done all these good things, and at that point, you you know, you kind of sort through them and decide how you want to do them yourself. Yeah. You, you, you got, listen, Joe Thomas, 
Javon Hargrave, Antonio Hamilton. Uh, I know I'm missing some folk. Uh, and then some uh-huh. guys, Rodney Bush. Well, I know Rodney Bush out, is out now, but I mean, these guys are more recent uh-huh. guys, all pro guys. What does it mean to have had a lot of pro players that have played for you uh, and have exceeded at a high level or are exceeding at a high level? Darius Leonard, of course, in the National Football League. Well, you know, I think those guys have a way of, of, of validating your ability to develop, uh, you know, the top-notch players. Uh, but, Donald, I've had guys who played as good or better than those guys and never got a sniff, you know, from the NFL. So, you know, it's really, uh, I guess, maybe – uh, an unusual kind of, of of sensation. Talking about those guys who play on into the Sunday games and those guys who don't. But you know, you just have so many of them that have been such a good experience, having had a chance to be a part of them until you know you just love them all. That the voice of Buddy Pugh, the head football coach at South Carolina State in his 18th season, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And Coach Pugh, your, play, your team is playing well. I mean, despite two weeks off, you get the victory over Delaware State. You're 3-1 and one, um, on the season. Your thoughts on the way the Bulldogs are playing so far? Uh, I think we're playing pretty well. Uh, we didn't play as consistently against Delaware as I would have liked uh, the one real hiccup in our, uh, our season so far was the South Florida game. I thought we played awfully there. But at the same time, uh, I like this team. And, you know, I think we've got an ability to do a lot of things. And uh, and they seem to enjoy playing the game. Uh, they like playing with each other. So, you know, if we can continue to develop, continue to, you know, figure out what good and what's bad what we can and can't do then you know i got i i I got a a sneak of suspicion that we can get to the point where we can play with some of the better teams in our league give us your thoughts on the development and how you feel like tyrese nick your quarterback is playing so far Uh, could be one of the uh i guess maybe larger uh developments, upticks of of overall ability of anybody that we've had here. Uh, Tyrese uh, played quarterback in a way where he could he could really run it and you know you when you talked about his throwing game, you know, he could really run it, you know. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> <Right>. much of a, <laughs> so you you know I'd be standing behind him and Tyrese will be throwing the ball to somebody, and I say, Tyrese, who are you throwing the ball to? He said, Well, I'm throwing it to so and so. I said, Well, you ought to throw it a little bit closer to him, so I have an idea that's what you're trying to throw it to, you know? <laughs> so he's, you know, he's really at the point now where he may not hit those guys, but at least I know where the hell he's throwing the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> so me, you know, we go, we go back and forth. We, he threw a touchdown pass against Delaware late in the game, and I'm giving him a hard time about the throw and when it's got to be, when he's got to let it go and all that kind of stuff. And he's, 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 you can tell he's kind of disturbed at the fact that I'm giving him a hard time about it. And finally, I said, well, I tell you what, what is the play you 
Coach Swagger said to play. I said, Tyrese, do you think you can throw that? He said, yeah. I said, well, that's it, call it. <laughs> so he calls it, and he hits it. And no, he, all he wants to do on the sideline is give me hell <laughs> from that point on. But I had a ball, you know, and, you know, that's the kind of team we have, you know, guys who just trying to go out and enjoy themselves and, and try to see if we can win a few games. So I'm I'm glad that the fact that they're having some success because it's a really good group of kids. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to win a few more. Yeah, <laughs> that the voice of Buddy Pugh, head football coach, South Carolina State, joins us here on the program. B.J. Davis, like, I know he played some games for you, red-shirted him. Like, he's playing some really good football, right? He's our, he was our player of the week the first week of the season. Uh, 23 tackles, which leads your very good defense. Yeah, he missed a game, too, in there somewhere. So, he's the – VJ is uh, is almost the exact uh, copy of of a, of a baby Darius Leonard. Uh, he's actually a little bit bigger than Darius was at – at, at that stage of the game. BJ is a red shirt freshman. Darius was just beginning to play as his red shirt freshman year where BJ played a little bit last year because of that new rule. But, uh, it's a pretty safe bet that he's going to be a next level guy unless, you know, he, you know, has some kind of injury issue or something of that nature prior to that. Uh, he can run. He's a, he's, he's a, a defensive back kind of, a, uh, kind of movement guy in a linebacker's body. And uh, if he can get into the 220 to 225 range, then I think he's got a chance to be really special. He's got instincts. You know, he can sniff it out and find it. You know, he goes to places where the football is that you say, how'd you get there? And he can't tell you. He just knows he is up there. So, you know, he's one of those kind of guys. Uh, Big-time football game. We've seen a lot of these. Uh, you know, Florida A&M comes to you um, on uh, on Saturday. They're a hot team, as you are. Uh, your thoughts on the uh-huh. Rattlers? Uh, Florida A&M's, I think, really good. You know, I'm I'm concerned. You know that they might be able to actually come in here and and, and get after us. Uh, Willis Simmons, I think, is one of the bright young minds. Heck, I don't know if he's young anymore. No, I, I give Will a hard time because Will has been at my dinner table a time or two. Will and my son played together. Nice. And those guys used to come in there and and uh, look for something to eat. So, you know, he's at the point now where I think he's close to 40-ish, somewhere that next was in his late 30s. And, you know, he's still a kid to me. But, you know, he really has a great idea about putting a football team together and there'll be games when they'll just be unbeatable. And if he comes in and plays one of those kind of games where he – because they kick the ball great. You, you can tell they spent a lot of time in special teams. Offensively, he's got all of the new, the latest bells and whistles in his, in his attack. You know, he can do all of the RPO stuff and all the stuff in between. And they're good on defense. So you put those three ingredients together with some, you know, with some excitement and a little bit of – a little bit of popping. And, and circumstance, you know, you got a chance to get beat. So, you know, we got our work cut out for us. And, uh, you know, Coach Simmons and his crowd, you know, will definitely give us all we can handle. Hopefully we can hang in there and keep it in, a, you know, a way where we can be close in the end. Buddy Pugh is the head football coach at South Carolina State. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. One last thought, Coach Pugh. We'll talk about that 
on the other side of this break again, South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh returns on the other side. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. We're back with South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh here on From the Press Box to Press Row. He's in his 18th season. And lastly, Coach Pugh, we appreciate the time. You know, I can think back to 2009 when Florida A&M came to you. They had the quarterback pulley. And, I mean, that was a great – you know, those were great days. You know, even when you look at two, more recently 2014, you were underdogs against Bethune-Cookman. Javon Hargrave has – he reminded me six sacks. I said, told him six tackles for loss. He said, no, six sacks in that football game. You guys win that. So, what – you know, what about what about these games and sort of – um. In sort of this game against Florida A and M, and you know you 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 having these kind of battles over your years. <laughs> well, I don't want to think about that game. We had a game, you're exactly right, where they came in here. Coach Taylor's team came in here and beat us. That was really that's the only time we lost the FAMU in the whole time we've been here. And uh, you know we thought we were rocking and rolling along, and all of a sudden we got we lost the momentum. And from that point on, you know it was downhill all the way. Uh, hopefully we can keep them keep them at bay uh, in a way where they don't necessarily get ahead of steam on us. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. You know, if you can imagine today, I'm in mourning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go home last night, and I want to watch the Braves, and I watch 26 minutes. I quit, you know, at that point. You know, I'm hoping that fam, you doesn't do that, something like that to us, because, you know, they're capable of, of getting on a roll and coming in here and, and, and beating all the starch out of you at the very beginning. And at that point, you just kind of, you know, just kind of finish it off the game that way. So I'm hoping that we can hang in there with these guys. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what our team looks like, you know, with one of the top teams in our league this coming Saturday. Yeah, no question. I mean, you mentioned some of those great players that didn't necessarily make it, you know, William Ford, Malcolm Long, all of those guys. I mean, you've had some really, really good players in your years at South Carolina State. Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joins us here. I'm from the press box to press row in his 18th season as the Bulldogs going to host Florida A&M on Saturday. Always great to catch up with you, Coach Pugh. Continued success to you and the Bulldogs. Thank you so much, Donald. So Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joining us here on the program. Seems to be having a lot of fun more so this year. And South Carolina State, big game against Florida A&M on Saturday in Orangeburg. We're going to talk more 
about that football game as that is the Box to Row National Game of the Week. Of course, Week 7 kicked off with a little Thursday night action as Bethune-Cookman and North Carolina Central got together in Durham with Bethune-Cookman coming out with a 27-13 victory. It was a low-scoring affair in the first half. As a matter of fact, at halftime, Bethune-Cookman led the game 7-3, but then Bethune-Cookman came out in the third quarter, able to to score again. And, and the thing about it, if you're North Carolina Central, they got a couple of field goals. If you're North Carolina Central, you have to match Bethune's Cookman's touchdowns with touchdowns of your own. And the Eagles just unable to do that. This was pretty much a dominating performance by Bethune Cookman. And listen, North Carolina Central right now, two losses. In the MEAC, and I, I said this earlier in the week on the Box to Row HBCU Football Daily Podcast, that two losses in the MEAC this year is not going to win the MEAC. Two losses not going to win the MEAC the way Florida A&M is playing right now. Of course, we'll see what happens this Saturday um, against South Carolina State. Whoever wins the game between South Carolina State and Florida A&M is still going to be undefeated in MEAC play with A&T still to play. A&T is off this weekend in the way that A&T is playing. Also, two losses is not going to get it done. This may be a, a situation where one one loss may not get it done in the MEAC this year. Again, with the way that Florida A&M, A&T, also South Carolina State are playing was waiting to for a breakout game from Jimmy Robinson of Bethune Cookman of course one of my top five players to watch in the preseason and he had indeed a breakout game Mr. All-Purpose we called him Slash and for a reason we called him Slash 54 yards receiving on three receptions 114 kickoff return yards including a kickoff return for a touchdown on an ensuing uh, after a field goal by North Carolina Central and that's what I'm saying in that game North Carolina Central had to match touchdowns with Bethune Cookman touchdowns and the Eagles simply not able to get that done Big win, and, and by the way, I mean, I gotta th- you got to throw Bethune-Cookman, obviously, in that mix as well. The Wildcats remain undefeated in MEAC play, so this race, we're midway through the uh, season, and that race in the MEAC is going to come down to the wire, and I think right now, and not just right now, but I think moving forward, the Eagles are on the outside looking in. But again, for the Eagles, I mean, this is a team that had 11 interceptions coming in as a team. Leads FCS in terms of turnover margin, in terms of uh, of takeaways, and uh, ultimately no interceptions in this game. No turnovers um, in, this, in, in this football game. And so if that's your calling card, and you're the Eagles and you don't get that done, then that, you know, I mean, that that spells for uh, a long day because you got a rookie quarterback that's in there for the Eagles. Um, he didn't play bad, didn't make any mistakes, didn't didn't turn, at least didn't turn the ball over. But at the end of the day, you got to have something that, uh, you know, separates yourself in, 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 in this football game, the Eagles, who 
again, known for being able to turn the football over, could not turn Bethune-Cookman over, give Bethune-Cookman a lot of credit in that regard. Speaking of the midway point, I ranked my top five players or gave you my top five players at the midway point right now in HBCU football. And uh, you can log on. I'm just going to name these players because I got a lot more to get to in the program. Um, At number five, Emmanuel Wilson of Johnson C. Smith, the running back. He leads all HBCU players in rushings, having a phenomenal season. At number four, I had a Quill Glass, the quarterback for Alabama A&M. Uh, again, through six games, 18 touchdown passes. At number three, Dewanya Tucker of Prairie View A&M, the running back. Uh, remember, I said he has a chip on his shoulder and he is playing like that. Leads the SWAC in rushing. And then uh, tied for number one, uh, Chris Rowland of Tennessee State, wide receiver and also return specialist is having a phenomenal season. He's got like 852 yards receiving, something like that, through six games. It's you know he 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 he's one of the leaders, if not the leader, in FCS in terms of all-purpose yards, and one of the leaders, if not the leader, in terms of receiving yards. And then also tied for number one. North Carolina A&T running back Jamaine Martin's having an unbelievable season, 742 yards rushing. He's got 11 touchdowns. Uh, he had three against Norfolk State, um, and he's just playing unbelievably. So that's my top five players to watch right now. Log on to our website uh, at BoxToRow.com, and uh, I'll give you the reasons as to or you can read about the reasons as to why I, I had these players um, as the top five players to watch. So the Boxer Row National Game of the Week, South Carolina State and Florida A&M, both teams playing well right now. Um, as you heard in the interview, South Carolina State had two weeks off before the game against Delaware State, where, uh, of course, the Hornets scored 38 points. And, and I think the key in this football game is going to be the play of Tyrese Nick the quarterback for South Carolina State. Um, You know, he did have five passing touchdowns in the game against Delaware State, but he's going to be going up against a pretty formidable Florida A&M defense. We talk about Ryan Stanley. I really like the play of Ryan Stanley. As a matter of fact, he was sort of, uh, you know, if I had a top uh, 10, uh, maybe even a top seven, he definitely would have been uh, in the top seven of my top five HBCU players to watch. He's had a, a really good season. But I think Tyrese Nick is going to be the key if South Carolina State wants to win this football game. How does Tyrese Nick play? We know he can run the football. Even though he had the five touchdown passes against Delaware State, um, you know, the, the numbers aren't there. And I think that's a concern. I think it's a concern. I think he, uh, Buddy Pugh, joked about it a little bit. But maybe this is the game that Tyrese Nick comes out and shows what he can, what he can, uh, that he can, he's made some big plays, don't get me wrong, but that he can do a little bit more from a throwing perspective. We know he can run the football. He's a dynamic quarterback in that regard. But I think that's going to be one of the keys um, in this football game. If South Carolina State wants to come out victorious is the way that Tyrese Nick plays. South Carolina State's defense is playing unbelievably, really, quite frankly. Uh, B.J. Davis, I talked about him, and to hear Buddy Pugh say that B.J. Davis uh, is, is, uh, is akin early on, albeit 
to a Darius Leonard is really, really saying something. I mean, this kid is really, really good. You know, he as a as a young kid, a redshirt freshman, um, leads the team in tackles. This is a good defense. Can Florida A and M penetrate this defense? Florida A and M's running game is solid, but does it become unleashed? On Saturday in Orangeburg, we know what Ryan Stanley can do. He's got to go out there and get the job done, not make a lot of mistakes. But this should be a good football game in Orangeburg. Forget about it. I'm not making I'm not making a pick in this game. I, I, I have to give myself a week off on that. I've been wrong the last two weeks, maybe three. I'm going to give myself a week off in terms of picking. This is going to be a good football game, and the winner remains in the driver's seat in the MEAC. Meanwhile, the loser, boy, on the outside looking in. Big shots out to Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Virginia Tech. He is the son of Allen and Wendy Hooker, who listen to this show every week. Allen Hooker, perhaps the greatest quarterback in North Carolina A&T history, had a big game in the victory over Miami. Somebody told me about it uh, that he did, and then I happened to be watching the replay on uh, Tuesday morning and watched. Played well against Miami, stunting like his daddy. So congratulations to Hendon Hooker. If you hadn't heard, Diane Carroll passed away last week. The groundbreaking actress starred, of course, in Julia, passed away on last week at the age of 84. Thank you to Buddy Pugh for joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. I want to welcome our newest affiliate and those listening to us on iBroncoRadio.com. Thank you for making From the Press Box to Press Row a part of your day. And always remember to support those that support you from the Break press box to press row is presented Break by dw communications